Helping Those Who Have Been Widowed on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Today, I am joined by Lance Quinn, who is pastor at Bethany Bible in Thousand Oaks, California. And he's also transitioning from that role as pastor, which he's done for many years, into the executive vice president's role at the Expositors Seminary. I love Lance. Lance is a dear friend who is also a board member with ACBC. And I love conversations like this, sitting down and having wisdom. To be honest, we, we really almost didn't get to the podcast today because we're enjoying conversation together so much. But I, I think this is a really important topic for us to discuss today, especially in the COVID era when uh, we do have what we would consider to be unexpected, certainly not outside of the knowledge of the Lord, but from a human perspective, some unexpected widowing that's happening where spouses are dying. And how do we deal with questions like that. And uh, Lance is in a unique position where he recently lost his wife, Beth. And I wanted Lance to be able to express and explain from experience what that's like, but then drive us to the Word as his heart has been driven to the Word to deal with the deep loss and grief that a person walks through. And then so many questions that a person has when they experience and the loss of a spouse, the loss of a, a partner. So Lance, I'm so grateful you're here. I'm, I'm thankful that you're willing to, to talk about issues like this that are deep and difficult. But I think we're in a position today where I think the things that you're going to say from God's Word are going to be super helpful to a lot of people around the country and even the world. So Lance, I want you to start off, if you can, just describing your scenario, a little bit about your experience, your dear wife, Beth, and now that she's with the Lord. But but there was a, a long process that you guys walked through of sickness, illness, and you know eventually in her passing. And so could you just describe what that's like to some degree for our listeners? Well, Dale, it's great to be with you. Yes, we as a family were certainly like so many other families dealing with disease and impending death. Back in December of 2017, actually, I was on a trip to preach in the Baltimore, Maryland area, and I received one of those calls that you never want to receive, and that was from my wife saying I wasn't feeling well. She was completely healthy, no assumptions of any problems at all, and she woke up and she knew something was wrong, and so she was taken to the emergency room by couple of my daughters, and they discovered a large mass in the left lobe of her lung that had already metastasized to her brain, and they saw at least seven tumors, and so it was very serious, and she called me and told me what I just said, and, and of course, that changes the trajectory of your whole life, mm-hmm. and for two years and four months, we went through every ounce of surgeries and chemotherapy, which were all very wonderful ways of extending life. Mm -hmm. But this non-smoker lung cancer was, of course, a beast. Mm -hmm. You know, the curse of mankind, the the fall. And so that two years and four months allowed us to, with our family, Mm -hmm. continue to trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. We have eight children together. Mm -hmm. 
and we were married for 33 and a half years. And just as COVID was hitting in March of 2020, the cancer had spread rapidly Mm -hmm. and Beth died on March 30th of that year. And so it's been a long time, but the Lord has shown both me and my family a hundred lessons Mm -hmm. about how to how to help others when death comes to your family. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think when you walk through something like that, Lance, your awareness of other people going through those things is tremendous. You begin to see and, and notice, you know, what people are walking through because, you know, you've intimately experienced those very same things. Lance, if you can, describe for us, I think, a little bit of, in your situation, you sort of knew that the end was coming and how you walk through that with your wife. You're shepherding your children at the same time. You're trying to shepherd your grandchildren at the same time. You're trying to, as a husband, process this yourself. And the realities that the Bible talks about, we see that the Bible explains our experiences better than anything else in the world. But at the same time, you're wrestling with all these seemingly responsibilities that you're trying to process yourself. How do you walk through something like that as a godly man, also trying to pastor, encouraging your wife, but with the reality that that death is imminent? That's a great question, Dale. And I would say for me and for our family, we had a wonderful support from our church. As a pastor, I needed to continue pastoring, of course, but the congregation was so loving, so gracious. They really, really came alongside us. And because of that, it makes this this journey, this sad journey, so much more palatable. Mm. And not only the local church, but very, very wonderful friends from across the country that I've been able to cultivate, you know, through many decades of ministry. And I think if it were not for God's people, Mm. it would have been a horrendous challenge of epic proportions. Mm. But because of the body of Christ, because of the prayers of the saints, and then not only in our local church, but through our local church and my own teaching ministry. Mm. I mean, of course, what you have in Psalm 119, 68a, God is good and does good. You know, you focus upon the character of God. You want to do everything you can to assure not only those you're teaching and those you're modeling in front of, but you want to be able with your own children and extended family to be able to affirm the goodness of God. Mm. This is no mistake. This is within the purview, certainly, of the grand providence of God. What, mm. is, what is the scheme? What is the trajectory of your life? And of course, for two years and four months, the Lord gave us time. Mm. Beth was lucid in her mind until those last weeks. And so we reflected on our marriage We reflected on our children Mm -hmm. and our grandchildren. I never saw someone who so more acutely began to live out in front of my own eyes every day how to die well. Mm. Beth, though the outer man was decaying, the inner man was being renewed day by day, and I watched it in real time. It was was real. It was raw. Mm -hmm. It was heartbreaking. It was soul-searching, but it was also the lovely picture Mm. of those who are dying in the Lord who have a hope the world knows not of. You know, Lance, I think it's a shame that we don't don't talk about that reality more, that that 
death is a reality for all of us. It's appointed that a man wants to die and then the judgment. And for us to be able to openly speak, think about how we finish the race well, and even to hear you describe that is just and a tremendous encouragement. And I, I want you to, to know that you know I'm not talking to a man who's describing these things theoretically or from some high-minded position, but a man who walked through those deep soul-searching times. I want you to talk, if you can, Lance, for just a moment about when that long-awaited day that you knew was coming, when it came. And then, so I want you to talk about the succeeding days uh, that followed, the weeks, the months. And there are questions that I could only imagine that, that come up now as a man who'd been married for almost 34 years and routine changes, lots of things change. Talk about those moments for, for just a second, if you can, and, and some of the real questions that arise and maybe how you, how you found hope from the beauty of God's Word during those difficult days. It was a challenge. There's no question about it. In transparency, there were good days and then very, very difficult days. When you are watching your one flesh relationship, your, your own dear spouse, die every day, mm-hmm. little by little, it changes you, but it also challenges you. When you look at yourself in the mirror each morning as you're getting ready for the day, and you look at your own life, you even look at your own face in the mirror, and you're saying to yourself, I too am dying daily. Mm. So the question is, since we're all going to die, how are you preparing yourself for death? I remember Jonathan Edwards and the resolutions that he came up with in his young life, and one of those was this, resolved to live in such a way as I wish I had when I come to die. Mm. And that has reverberated in my heart and mind through this whole experience with my dear Beth, because you want to not as you are looking backwards, you want to look forward and you want to say, what's it going to be like when I come to die? Mm. And you want to look at the trajectory of your life in such a way that you're serving the Lord, you're loving the Lord, mm. you're representing the Lord to a watching world, to your family, so that even though it can be shocking when you hear those words, I have terminal cancer, mm. you can still say, this has not slipped the mind and heart of God one bit. Mm. There's no maverick molecule in the universe. And when the Lord gives you as a believer the precedence for faithfulness and trust because you know his character and you know his love, you can deal with these things. And of course, we were able to do it by God's grace. And the beauty of that is that the Lord continues to prove himself in sustaining life, in sustaining vitality even. And while things, you know, move further past that very significant date where Beth passes, and things will never be completely the same again, that's certainly true, and we can be okay with that. But the reality is you you continue to ask those questions that watching her die taught you. How do I live well? And as you turn that corner to begin to think even more deeply about, okay, the Lord has given me life. I need to live life. How do I do that well? There are a lot of crossroads in that discussion and in that path that you're walking, even right now, questions that, that so many people are asking. I mean, you're, you're quite a ways removed from, from Beth's passing now. 
And as you th- you look toward other things in life, you know, you're, you're transitioning positions, you're thinking about the last season of your life, how to spend it well for the sake of the glory of Christ. And a lot of other questions come into mind, things like remarriage. Should I do this? Should I pursue something like that? Is that something that's dishonorable to the wife of my youth? How, how do I approach something like this? I want you to talk through that, Lance, because you're you're not past that moment. You're in the middle of some of those questions even now. And and I think you found some some really good guiding principles from the Scripture that I think you can help a lot of people think through. Well, it is a great question, Dale. And there are those who have been widowed, male and female, who do eventually begin to ask this question. And I think for myself, particularly as a male, the Genesis 2 passage where it says, it is not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. That's something to think through. And yet, though the Scripture in no way is contradictory to itself, you have the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 telling the Corinthians, saying, I wish you were as I am. Mm. And undoubtedly, either Paul was widowed himself, perhaps never married, but I think probably having been married and potentially widowed, he's saying to those in Corinth, serve the Lord, and I wish you were as I am. But then he backs away from that and says, but if you are burning with passion, if you desire a mate, he says, you've not sinned. And then he goes on in 1 Corinthians 7 to talk about the idea that if you marry, you can only marry in the Lord. So the option is given. But one thing that he says is if you are unmarried and you remain unmarried, you have the opportunity to serve the Lord with undistractedness. Uh But not everybody can be called to that or desires that. So the option is there. And what you need to do is go into the very soul searching of your own heart and ask yourself the question, is it good for me to remain alone for the sake of the kingdom? And if it is serve the Lord with gladness, serve the Lord with single-mindedness. But if you believe you cannot and that you want that companionship and the fellowship of that spouse in your life, not only to meet your needs, but also for whom you can minister and meet their needs, then marry only in the Lord. And if you do so, serve the Lord as best you can as husband and wife in a way that speaks of all of the lessons that you've learned in your widowhood. Mm -hmm. And now perhaps if the Lord gives you another opportunity, you can learn and grow with another person in ways perhaps that you had not grown before. So it's a tough question, Mm -hmm. but it's an opportunity for you to really think through this and to determine. I'm in the process of trying to determine it myself. And, uh, I'm going to continue to ask the Lord to give me direction and guidance and help. And when I do, those things will become, I believe, clearer to me as I continue to study the Word of God mm-hmm. and pray to the Lord and ask Him for guidance. You know, as, as I hear you talk about that, so, some people make the mistake, I think, in, in that First Corinthians 7 passage of thinking one direction or another is a command. It's, it's not. We're, we're seeing that there, there seems to be option that's given based on wisdom that Paul is providing. And 
Lance, what I want you to do as we close this time out together and, and talking about a very sensitive and difficult subject, we're in a unique season right now with a, a pandemic that has swept across the world and particularly our country and has had different spikes. And we've seen spouses lost. We've seen people that we're close to who are walking through something like that. What are some final words of wisdom that you give to people who who find themselves in that that situation? People who you know, started the new year thinking life was going to be normal. They're, you know, young, vibrant, their marriage is, you know, off to a great start. Maybe they have some young kids and, and they found themselves facing what you're facing with the loss of a spouse. And how do you give them some encouragement, some piece of hope in the midst of the situation they find themselves in? Well, if you're listening to this podcast and you are in that situation, you're either looking at the impending loss of a spouse, or perhaps you've already lost such a one, let me encourage you. God is good, Mm -hmm. and He does good. And trusting God in the midst of a kind of world upheaval, a personal world upheaval, is the very place that God wants you to trust Him the most. Because in those times when you look around and you 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 see what appears to be nothing but devastation the loss of loved ones the loss of a spouse or the loss of a child or the loss of a dear loved one perhaps in your church or maybe even your extended family this is the time to grip and regrip on the truth that god is good and he does good I mentioned that passage, Psalm 119, 68. The first part of it says that very thing. And of course, we're not like the world who has no hope that death beyond the grave for them is nothing to look forward to. But for believers, especially believers who who die in the Lord, even as the world calls it prematurely, you and I can have hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and your own and my own resurrection on top of it. So here's the truth. The truth is this life is not all there is. We have the hope of heaven. We have the hope of glory. We have the hope of a resurrected body being joined to our souls at the last day. So don't think of discontinuity. Think of continuity the continuity of living this life to the fullest in trusting God, and then a time in the future where our body will be rejoined perfectly, a glorified body, to our souls, and we will be, as Paul told the Thessalonians, forever with the Lord. So, believing person, Christian man or woman, those who've lost loved ones, believe and trust in Christ, counsel one another, encourage one another, That's one of the things that Paul told the Thessalonians as well on a couple of occasions. He told them about eschatology, the the future of things, and then he says this, comfort one another with these words. Mm -hmm. It's designed for comfort. Trust God, believe in Him, and ask Him to comfort your weary soul as you make yourself ready for heaven's glory. Lance, this has been so helpful. Thank you, brother, so much for joining us and, and being honest to to talk about the, the difficulties, but but even in those the depths of difficulties, how life-giving we see the Scriptures. And what I pray is, I can only imagine 
for our listeners, as people hear the words that you're describing, the breath of fresh air, the the cooling water that they're going to experience in their own life, just refreshing to hear that, that there's hope in the in the depths of despair and difficulty. And thank you, brother, for sharing. I really appreciate that and, and, and using the comfort that you've received from the Lord to comfort others. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. And I want to remind you as we talk with Lance today of the many resources that we have on this issue of of grief, of death, of dying, of walking through the the difficulties of suffering. These things are, are, are extremely difficult. We should never just brush by them. We should never act as though they're not real or hard or difficult or create very intense, soulish turmoil. These things are real, but it's in those moments, in the depths of difficulty at which we see and trust God in ways that we didn't think was humanly possible. And it anchors our soul to the beautiful, life-giving words of Scripture where we trust and hope in what's to come and what God is doing in us now and what He has promised to do for us in the future. And those things are worth grabbing a hold to. So I want to encourage you, go to our website, find some resources that that reiterate some of these same truths that we've been talking about today on the podcast. And you can find those resources and many more at biblicalcounseling.com. 